Welcome to the District of Champions. I am your host, Reese Waters. Shout out to In The Moment for that dope intro track. Also, shout out to our editor, Jake Stevens. He is a Ravens fan, full disclosure, but really, I wouldn't trust a Redskins fan to edit this podcast. We don't know a good product, but we're learning. We're learning. The defenders week by week are showing us what a good product is and can be. This episode is brought to you by the Harriet Tubman Check Card, giving you the liberation from financial slavery you deserve for 400 years. Darius Miles' lace front wig, game worn from the NBA Celebrity Game, as well as the note that Shaka Khan was looking for when she sang the national anthem. Oh, say, can you see I don't know if you guys have seen that note. She's still searching for that note. But if you do locate the note Shaka Khan was looking for, hit me on social media at District Champions on Instagram or on Facebook, or you can hit me directly just at Reese Waters. Now, let's start right there with Shaka Khan. The legendary singer came out here at 66 years of age to perform for y'all. And y'all want to compare her to Fergie. It is Black History Month. What we're not going to do is drag Shaka Khan. No Shaka Khan slander will be tolerated. She's the only living person to sing a Prince song better than Prince. Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan. Let me rock you, Shaka Khan. Let me rock you because I feel for you. If you don't know Prince's version of I feel for you, it's thanks to Shaka Khan. If you ever went to karaoke and sang, oh, oh, sweet thing, then you need to shut your mouth. She has earned your respect. That was hers before it was Mary J's. Most people don't get this kind of pass, but she has earned it. Ain't nobody does it better. Those are her lyrics, not mine. Besides, we all know she should still be on The Masked Singer, when who was obviously Gronk somehow outlasted her. I will accept no Shaka Khan slander. She's given us too much. Too much. Can't we just hit her with a bless your heart and keep it moving? You know you can hit people with a bless your heart. Bless your heart is for ugly babies and kids you know won't make it. You hit them with a bless your heart and you keep it moving. I'll tell you this, Shaka Khan, I'm sure the D.C. defenders would be happy to give you a do-over. We re-elected Marion Barry after, you know, he got set up. We got love for our legends here in D.C. Come on down, and we will redeem you. Come on down, Shaka Khan. You know, and I was on radio this week. I gave a very strong defense. People comparing it to Fergie. Let's hear Fergie. Oh, say, can you see early light what's so proudly wave at the twilight's last glimmer. all right so what fergie did she made a creative choice it went poorly i think if she was just trying to do the best she could it wouldn't have gone that way so i'm actually going to give her points for that if she just wanted to sing it straight she probably could have done that people want to compare it to roseanne Barr. that was something else oh, say, can you 
Now, basically, what Roseanne did was like a comedy bit that didn't land. I think if she tried to sing as best she could, she probably could have done a better job, at least better than that. Uh, which get which which brings me to the goat or the woat. I don't know the the trash, the poop, the turd. I don't know how how you want to articulate it. It brings me to Carl Lewis. Now, the difference between Carl Lewis's and Fergie's and Roseanne's, he was doing the best he could. He was just trying to survive in advance. He was out here like the NCAA tournament. Let's just make it to the next chapter of my life. He just trying to get back home to his family. Okay. now this brings a choice. Is it worse for you to make a creative choice that doesn't go well or this is the best you can do? Probably this is the best you can do, which brings me to Carl Lewis and Shaka Khan. And clearly, there's no way you could say Shaka Khan's was worse than Carl Lewis. I don't know that anything, I don't know that anybody has ever performed anywhere and was worse than Carl Lewis. So, Carl Lewis, congratulations. You are maybe one of the greatest track stars of all time. It does not translate to the hardwood. Now, as an NBA fan and as a, a member of the sports universe, I, like many of you guys, came into this weekend very concerned because it's a lot of tragedy hanging over All-Star Weekend, especially the All-Star Game. I know if it would be uh, somber, how much fun we could have with it. Magic Johnson, I thought, when he took the mic, was the perfect ambassador for the league. I thought he's one of the few people, if not the only person, who can speak about David Stern and Kobe Bryant, both in personal terms as well as big picture, macroscopically. You're talking about a guy who's been a model for the league, one of the greatest players the league has ever seen, but he has personal relationships with both of them. Uh, David Stern being the guy who welcomed him back into the league after his HIV announcement, which, according to Magic Johnson and, and his statements, saved the lives of millions of people out here living with HIV. And I'm not going to dispute that, because certainly the way we felt about HIV in the 90s is very different than we feel about it today. And that is in some part due to the acceptance that was shown by David Stern, which allowed Magic Johnson to then walk into the, this new chapter of his life feeling accepted by the rest of us and then of course Kobe Bryant the guy who he brought into Laker Nation who I'm sure he expected to carry the torch and who did carry the torch uh, but he worked very closely with both during Kobe's career and after Kobe's career Magic I thought did an incredible job and I just said man we are lucky to have Magic Johnson the other big winner of the weekend I gotta say was Chris Paul my man is out here dunking at 85 years of age no trampoline no performance enhancers. Who knew Chris Paul could dunk? I would have told you Chris Paul couldn't dunk 10 years ago. Now he out here getting up. Not only that, he's playing crunch time minutes. Meanwhile, the tallest player for the Houston Rockets is 5'11". Like, th this just goes to show you, won't he do it? The greatest revenge is living well. Chris Paul got traded to Oklahoma City, which might as well be in the D-League 
He turned them into a competitive team. They actually look like they might make the playoffs. Houston is is the store one of the stories of the first half. People wondering what in the world are they doing, running out here like like original Nintendo games where everybody's the same size. Uh, wasn't it the original hockey game where either you had all the fat guys or you had all the short guys or you had all the skinny guys? They out here like the original eight bit hockey game that's what they're trotting out meanwhile he's out here playing crunch time minutes in the nba all-star game one of the most perfect things was seeing james harden have a layup to win the all-star game and panic pass to chris paul who's standing out by the three-point line oh you mean the guy who you forced out that's who you panic passing to at crunch time that is peak rockets you got to feel good about that if you're a rockets fan sitting there and watching james harden panic pass to chris paul by the three-point line that was beautiful now, speaking of beautiful, our DC defenders are at it again. They destroyed New York 27 to zip. That's two decisive wins in a row. Redskins, y'all on notice if y'all weren't already. I'm telling you, people going to trade in their season tickets to go see a team that actually wins in a convenient and up-to-date stadium. Man, they making y'all look bad. I'm just playing. Y'all already look bad. Y'all look bad all by yourself. Wasn't that a Tyler Perry movie? Tyler Perry movie is the perfect euphemism for the Redskins. It's pro football with a touch of world star. The XFL even gave us a brawl. Now, I did want to talk about that because it was a brawl in the middle of that game. And evidently, there's a rule where if there are post-snap penalties on both teams, it cancel out. It doesn't matter if it's two against one or three against one or three against two, whatever it is, it all cancels out, which tells me clearly they need a fight coach because... We're not going to sit here and get the short end of the penalties. You're not going to get two penalties and we get one and they cancel out. If we get post-snap penalties on both teams, then we all got to riot. Send in the dogs. Release the Kraken. You need a fight coach. I'm telling you, I'm available. I have watched every brawl on Worldstar. It don't go on Worldstar's site for more than an hour without it hitting my phone or my laptop. I've seen it all. I know strategy, okay? I know how to do stuff without the ref seeing it. And in this case, it don't even matter if they see it because it's all going to cancel out anyway. I'm available, DC Fenders, to be your fight coach. Hit me up, Pep Hamilton. That particular game was where we got the Matt McGloin interview. I talked last week about the beauty of the XFL and how dope it is that you get to talk to people the second they screw up. Hey, man, what was you thinking? What was you doing right there? Huh? You realize your whole career is on the line, right? Which is exactly why people flip out like Matt McGloin did. We need to change the whole entire game plan at halftime. What do you need to change about the game plan? What are you frustrated about? There's just a lot going on right now. Uh, it's embarrassing for us here as an offense. So a lot of things we want to fix and correct. People out here like, how could you say that? How could you throw your whole team and coaching staff under the bus? Look, it's not just a bad half in a, in a midseason game in Detroit this is he's playing for his career he's looking at potentially generational wealth go down the drain because he had a bad half you realize the kind of pressure that man must be under Eli Rogers that's Eli Rogers is the defenders receiver who decided to skip his own mother's funeral to play in that XFL game now I'm not gonna judge that man either way but I will say this mama if you listening I'm gonna be at your funeral you will, I mean, you not, it's not like you're going to know if I skipped it, but you just, just trust me on this one. I'm going to be at your funeral. I don't want your ghost out here guilt tripping me, just showing up places you're not supposed to be. I'm on a date. There you go in the corner. I don't need all that pressure. So mama, I'm going to be there. Don't worry about it. 
I can't judge Eli Rogers. I don't know his relationship with his mama, but I do know that him skipping his mother's funeral to play an XFL game is different than him skipping to play even an NFL game if he's in a situation where his position is secure. Nothing is secure in the XFL. This might, in his mind, this might be his last and only shot. Maybe his mother was the one to introduce him to football, and this was his way to keep her dream alive. I can't judge that, man, but it was crazy to see him ball out knowing that his mother's funeral was happening at that exact moment. Bringing us back to the burgundy and gold, Josh Norman has been released. Redskins fans, what are we going to do without Josh Norman on game day? There hasn't been a Redskins game in four years that I haven't been on social media and seen the gif of Rafiki throwing Simba over the side of the mountain underneath Redskins fans to Josh Norman. There hasn't been a game in four years where I haven't seen Josh Norman getting beat underneath the caption, y'all want to see a dead body? Or how about the ones with all the pieces of toast asking which one is your favorite Josh Norman? Like, what are we going to do on game days without Josh Norman to fill up the timeline? That was part of watching a Redskins game. It was 60% paying attention to what was going on, and it was 40% posting Josh Norman memes. And then as the game went along, it just went further and further towards posting Josh Norman memes to the fourth quarter. You're not even paying attention. We just posting Josh Norman memes. There's times that I didn't even watch the game, but I want to comment, and I know I can get involved in Redskins Twitter by just posting a Josh Norman meme. Look, there are a few things more fun than an internet dog pile, okay? When somebody comes out with an album, like Chance came out with his album, and people were out here dragging Chance's album, I did not listen to Chance's album. Did I post about it? Absolutely. You know why? Because it's fun to be part of an internet dog pile. It means I have a little less integrity. Absolutely. You know what? It doesn't matter because it was enjoyable and it was fun to press send. I don't know what we're going to do without having Josh Norman around anymore. I will say we're also going to miss Josh Norman off the field. He did a, a, a lot for the community. I've met Josh Norman. He was he was super cool. So we are we are definitely going to miss him off the field. We're winning off the field. But we got to start winning on the field. But we're going to miss him on the field as well. And we especially going to miss him in the timeline. Which brings me to the fan of the week. Now, this is a very special fan of the week. we got a lot going on. Uh, my boy Dave Scarnato, who actually braved going to the Defenders' second game. I said I was going to go to Defenders' second game. And then I saw uh, the temperature. And I decided that uh, I could virtually go to the Defenders' second game. Um, just by watching it from this couch that I'm sitting on right now. He went to the game. He took a picture of a man that had a Redskins jersey. The name on the jersey was Sell the Team, Dan, and the number on the jersey was just dollar signs. That's beautiful. Now, I will be remiss if I didn't acknowledge that you had to pay some money for the Redskins jersey, and that is hustling backwards. I, I You did put some money in Dan Snyder's pocket, for the privilege of telling him to sell the team. But you know what? You got your message across anyway. It was worth it for him to pay the money just to be able to slander Dan Snyder. We have that as our most DC thing. And look, when it comes to going at somebody and, and coming for somebody's neck, we'll pay money to get it done. If you got to pay money to get it done, you pay money to get it done by any means necessary. That's how we do in DC. He is not my fan of the week, but he is honorable mention and he deserves to be acknowledged. I also want to acknowledge the people who run the Washington Nationals social media accounts. They threw out Valentine's Day poems 
to every other team in Major League Baseball. Their poem to the Yankees, Dear Yankees, we finished the fight, says roses are red, pinstripes are blue. We beat the Astros in Houston in games one, six, seven, and two. They actually managed to do this for every single team. They got theirs to the Astros. Roses are red, the fat lady sang when Howie's homer hit the pole and went clang. Well done to the Phillies. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Okay, fair enough. I'm not mad at that at all. I'm not mad at that at all. The Braves, you play hashtag for the A. We got the best record since the 24th of May. I mean, this was, they had to have planned this so far in advance, and, and it was worth it. It was absolutely worth it. To the Mets, roses are red, hibiscus, flowers make tea. Strasburg isn't just better. He's reigning World Series MVP. To the San Francisco Giants, roses are red, violets are blue, baby shark, do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Yes, I had to put that in your head. I, I had to put that in your head. I, we went six episodes without me putting that in your head. You deserve it. Okay, there was only one I objected to, the one to the Cincinnati Reds. It goes, here's a PSA from Racing President Teddy, a friendly reminder that chili doesn't go on spaghetti. Look, I don't know if you guys have had Skyline Chili. It's a Cincinnati thing. Uh, I had to spend uh, a weekend plus an uh, extra couple of days in Cincinnati to do, I believe it was Go Bananas Comedy Club in Cincinnati. And Skyline Chili was about the only thing that was edible in the city of Cincinnati. It, it, I would not be here today to host this fine podcast if it was not for Skyline Chili. Now, it tore up my insides, all right? Evidently, they are built of different stuff in southern Ohio, northern Kentucky. Evidently, they don't have intestines, and I question if they even have hearts. But I was able to survive on the Skyline Chili. It almost cost me a week of my life, but it's also saved my life. And so for that reason, I must object. Skyline Chili, I am a friend to you. You are welcome to come sponsor this fine podcast wouldn't make much sense since I don't talk much about Cincinnati sports, but then again, who does? My fan of the week has to be Astros fans. So Buffalo Wild Wings didn't even come that spicy, okay? Buffalo Wild Wings interjected themselves into the Houston Astros sign-stealing saga. They quote-tweeted something about Manchester City being banished from the Champions League and said that's how you punish a team that cheats. And Astros fans went crazy. Even got a video of a dude cutting up a Buffalo Wild Wings gift card. Hey, bruh, they already got the money. That's, I mean, you, speaking of hustling backwards, we got two hustling backwards in episode six of District of Champions. I don't see what the point of that was. But more importantly, why y'all mad, Astros fans? I thought y'all didn't cheat. I thought it didn't make a difference. I thought y'all were good. See, this is old. This is an old lesson. Let this be a lesson to all you guys listening, okay? The closer the accusation is, the more vigorous the defense. If somebody accused me of having three feet, I'm not going to sit here and spend 10 minutes of my life arguing with them about it because I clearly only have two feet. It's not worth my time, okay? But if, you know, somebody accused me of wearing shirts from Target, we're going to have that conversation out because I can't have that out, out about me. You know what I mean? I can't, you know, if somebody accused, you know, 
Jay-Z a buying shirts from Target, he'll laugh it off. Me, I got to have that argument on the street, okay? Because the closer the accusation is, the more vigorous the defense. Astros fans, you all just outed yourselves as cheaters by how you handled Buffalo Wild Wings. Buffalo Wild Wings was just out here with the jokes, with the rest of us with the jokes. All of a sudden, you want to pile on them like they the only ones that did something wrong. You are my fans of the week by not acknowledging how much you played yourselves with that vigorous defense. And also, those of you in relationships, we are just post-Valentine's Day, so already money's been spent. If you spent money on Valentine's Day, you might want to overlook things that happen right now because you just you basically just invested in another six months of the relationship, so you might as well get your money's worth. But I'm just saying, uh, those of you in relationships, let this be a lesson to you, okay? If you get accused of something sideways, just laugh it off and keep it moving. Don't be the one that doth protest too much. It looks bad. I've been on the wrong end of that where I'm like, hey, um, yeah, where were you? And I was just asking a casual question, and all of a sudden it turns into World War III. Well, guess what? I found out later. She was with my mans in them. Exactly. Let this be a lesson to you. Don't get caught out. So thank you, Astros fans, for teaching the rest of us that lesson, one that we should not soon forget. Speaking of the Astros, all this defense that I'm hearing from their players and their fans and whatnot, all I'm hearing is, yeah, I know you caught me cheating, but it was just that one time. I know you caught me cheating, but it was just that one time. Nobody cheats one time and gets caught that one time. That has never happened. When Andy Pettit said that was the only time I tried it and that was when he got caught, that was the most silliest explanation in the history of sports. And somehow we actually allowed that to ride, which set a precedent for garbage explanations. There is nobody in your life that you would believe that explanation. I only did it one time and you caught me cheating. We would never accept that from a friend, from a loved one. We certainly shouldn't accept it from a team. Now, Carlos Correa actually was the one guy who originally came out and sounded like a normal human being. He was the one that seemed like he had some sense of remorse for everything that happened, but I guess the rest of the Astros got to him and they were like, look, we ain't going to be out here looking bad all by ourselves. We win as a team and we lose as a team. We out here collecting L's. We collect L's as a team, okay? So what we're going to need you to do is come out here and sound as stupid as the rest of us do. And Carlos Correa, he's been a leader in the clubhouse, okay? He, he went from being uh, uh, the man on the end of the bench to the MVP of them looking like garbage. My man is out here collecting all of the L's, all of the L's. Now he's out here saying the Astros won, quote, fair and square. Bruh, they already released the report that outlines the cheating scale. Like, what are you, what are you talking about, man? What are you talking? And then he has issues with people saying that they cheated in 2019, which goes back to something I said earlier in this uh, podcast. Nobody stops cheating on their own accord. Okay, I have known some cheaters in my lifetime. We have had heart to hearts. I've told them, look, man, you got a good girl at home. You got to clean this up, man, before it hits the fan, man. You can't be out here just doing X, Y. Yeah, you right. You right. You know what? I'm going to do better. Um, But right now I'm going to go cheat. And they bounce. That, that's that's how those conversations, they, nobody get, don't nobody just stop cheating. You expect me to believe that? Not to mention the fact that Kurt Suzuki said that he had heard whispers 
of them stealing signs going into the World Series. He said they had to go to the park early in order to work around what they thought the Astros were going to do, which tells you that the cheating was not only beneficial in terms of the information they were able to glean, but also the extra mental gymnastics that you had to do when you played the Astros, knowing that they was out here cheating. What y'all talking about? And I appreciate Cody Bellinger speaking out, talking about Jose Altuve stole the MVP. Even Mike Trout said that he lost respect for those guys, which, you know, Mike Trout saying he lost respect for those guys is like fighting words. That's like, that's as harsh as Mike Trout has ever sounded in his life. Like uh, the most angry Mike Trout has ever been, he said, I lost respect for you. If Mike Trout tells you he lost respect for you, he probably going to swing on you after that. Like that's, that's 10 for him. And it tells you something when their fellow professional Major League Baseball players, and not just anybody, you're talking about reigning MVPs and Cody Bellinger and Mike Trout, are telling you the significance of what occurred. I'm hearing a lot of people out here in the sports media like, oh, you know, people steal signs when they go to second base. Like, I don't see if you're not cheating, you're not trying, like, blah, blah. Look, we might be able to say that anecdotally, but their own colleagues the people that would know the significance of what they were doing are the ones that are out here popping off at the mouth. I trust what Cody Bellinger and Mike Trout and Kurt Suzuki have to say about it more than I trust my man that ain't played uh, since the summer of 2015 Capitol Hill Softball League. Like, I I, I trust I trust those guys, okay? And, and, and those guys are really coming after the Astros and that makes me that gives extra credence to the allegations and how significant the cheating actually was now when I was on the radio my man E Ford had an idea about the giveaway night the Astros come to DC on July 4th I cannot imagine a more American tradition than cheaters coming to DC on July 4th beautiful how about a giveaway a little tiny plastic trash cans? I thought that would be brilliant. We can figure out what hotel they staying at. We can bang trash cans outside the hotel room till nine in the morning. I will avail myself that entire week to bang on trash cans. We can make this thing happen. We can have a hashtag district of champions branded trash cans. Uh, a lot of people call the podcast trash anyway. I'm all for that. I am all for that. Make it happen. The craziest thing Carlos Correa said was he took issue with Jose Altuve, uh, the accusation that Jose Altuve stole the MVP from Judge. He says, for Bellinger to go out there and defame Jose Altuve's name like that, it doesn't sit right with me because the man plays the game clean. Oh, so everybody else was cheating but Jose Altuve? Well, that don't sound right. I mean, how y'all all going to cheat and leave my man out on the cold, unable to steal signs? Or what was was the stealing signs just to make a level playing field within the Astros? We know this makes an unlevel playing field in general. We just want to make sure everybody else can get to Jose Altuve's level. So he can't use it, but the rest of us stealing signs. Come on, bruh. Come on, give us some credit. Will we look like boo-boo the fool? Now, that's not to say that... Um, we never look like Boo Boo the Fool. I I I was Boo Boo the Fool earlier this week. I got a copy of the movie Parasite and I put it on and I watched the movie for 10 full minutes before realizing it did not have subtitles. I sat here and thought that this was some sort of artistic choice 
that I was just supposed to figure out what was going on because of the uh, the beauty of the of the shot making and the shot selection and the camera work and the cinematography. Uh, I'm sitting here acting like I'm watching an art project trying to figure out what's going on. Meanwhile, this copy has no subtitles. It took me 10 minutes to realize that the movie did not have subtitles. I'm like, well, isn't this movie about like a caper? Like, how am I supposed to figure out what the scheme is without subtitles? I guess I'm just supposed to, I guess I'm just supposed to figure it out. I guess I'm supposed to internalize what the caper would be for me. I guess I'm just supposed to watch it and, and say, you know, what looks like the trick? What what looks like the lie? Oh, okay. I see, oh, the, you see the way he looked at her right there? Yeah, I think he's a bad guy right there. I did that for 10 minutes. I dare you to give me a time when you were a bigger boo-boo the fool than me sitting there and watching Parasite for 10 minutes. By the way, I could not find a copy that had subtitles, so I just had to watch 1917 instead, which, by the way, 1917 should just be called Never Go Full Tommen. I sat there and watched that. I was like, is that my man? Is that my man Tommen from Game of Thrones? And then he started doing Tommen things. And it was like, it was like, uh, uh, Tommen reincarnated. It was, it was brilliant in that respect. All right. I will be back next week with a new XFL game to talk about. Hopefully we'll have some decent basketball to talk about out of DC. Hopefully the Redskins stay out of the news, but even if they don't, I got my sell the team jersey with the money signs for numbers. This has been the District of Champions. I'm Reese Waters.